It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman. One of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings. And this is the Damon is wearing shorts edition of the Monday check-in. It's true, I am. And a sort of tropical spring shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a bird shirt. Yeah. So, underneath this, underneath my long sleeves. Yeah. Because I walked in this morning. Yeah. And it was a little chilly. So, in case you're wondering, spring has sprung. Mm-hmm. And we had to run the air conditioner here in our podcast studio for a few minutes before we uh, sat down to record. Uh, last, no, we. it's been two weeks since we recorded, and we were running the heater two weeks ago in our podcast studio. Our studio is in a room in the church that is not tied into the central HVAC to the church. And it's got, obviously, uh, some big windows. And so it's pretty susceptible to whatever the temperature is outside. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, because this was someone's office for a while. It was. Which is why there's both a heater and an air conditioner in here. This right? seems strange. Yeah. But there you go. It is what it is. There's like there's lots of other rooms in the church. There are that are you know that are connected to the HVAC. Yeah, that we could use. Or that a, or that if a person, person was going to spend you know, five to eight hours a day in, yeah, <laughs> would just be more easily regulated. And, but instead of just like there's just that's a window air conditioner, mm-hmm. and those things are loud and annoying. And probably not even designated for the square footage in this room, if we think about it. Yeah, this is the this is the behind the scenes how the sausage is made. So you know that Damon comes up here early and tries to get the room temperature into a level that is acceptable for us to be able to record this without shivering or sweating. Yeah, profusely. Just saying, it's not the room that I would have picked for an office. Yeah. It is a beautiful space, yeah. though, with the stained glass windows. and yeah, It is, but after a while, that doesn't make up for <laughs> just sweating all day. Or freezing all day. You know? I mean, yeah. you don't spend all day in the sauna. You spend, like, 45 minutes. Is that the threshold for you? And then you, then you get out of that and you roll around in the snow. Oh. And then you go back in. You're speaking like somebody who's probably lived in Minnesota. So, you know, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, but I hope that whoever that was, whose office was here, I hope they enjoyed it. And that has served them well. And it's served us well as a podcast studio. Mm -hmm. As long as Damon comes up an hour or two early and either runs the heater or runs the air conditioner, which we have to turn off to record the podcast because otherwise you would get... A bunch of background white noise, but even then, it's generally not enough. Yeah, but it doesn't mean. What are you gonna do? Well, the things that we do for you to bring you, our loyal listeners, the Monday check-in. 
Mm-hmm. Now you know how the sausage is made. Well, you know more about it. That's true. At least. I wouldn't say that's the full. I wouldn't say that starting the heating or the cooling is like the real key component to the process. <laughs> but It's what brings me back week after week. <laughs> it's certainly, you know, a spice that gets added in at some point. <laughs> Uh, so the Monday check-in, for those who may not know, is uh, we talk a little bit, it's essentially a little preview of the upcoming uh, week of worship at First Pres Hastings. We take a look at the scripture, we do a little mini Bible study, we ask questions of it, we uh, perhaps allow it to ask questions of us, and then we switch gears and we talk a little bit about the life of the church. And we oftentimes start with an opening prayer, which I will do. All right. Loving and gracious God, as we gather together this morning, ask that your presence might be with us, that our eyes, our ears, our hearts might be opened to receive your word. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this coming week, we are back to lectionary. We have Acts 17, verses 22 through, we're going through 29 in our reading. And it reads something like this. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needs anything. Since he, himself, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art of human, by the art and human imagination of mortals. Oof, not my best effort, but serviceable, I would say. Greg, what do you got? Oh, it's just an interesting story. So um, part of what the lectionary does is in the week weeks between Easter and Pentecost, it alternates stories of Christ's post-resurrection appearance and stories from the book of Acts of the growth of the early church, um, which is a little bit of timeline whiplash because these stories of the growth of the early church come after Pentecost when the disciples have been commissioned and are going out into the world. Um, and so we spent a few weeks focusing on post-resurrection appearances and those stories uh, through the sermons and through uh, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh's class that he taught. 
Um, and now I think we're going to spend a few weeks looking at some of these stories from the book of Acts that are these uh, about the growth of the early church. And so here Paul is showing up in um, Athens. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Which is in Greece, is that right? Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure. Yep. <laughs> and he is uh, he's speaking to the Greek people who he knows to be people who have practiced faith and have religion. Um and have not been directly adjacent to the events that have occurred in Jerusalem, and so may not be as familiar with the story of Jesus. And so he is uh, hes meeting them where they're at. He's, uh, he's coming in like a good missionary and trying to learn about the culture that he is working in and um, noticing things about how they practice their faith and then seeking to connect that with, uh, with his faith, with our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how much he's really trying to learn about, about the culture. Well, I, reading between the lines, right? Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. So he spent some time amongst them. Yeah. Observed them. He's walked through the city. Yeah. He's, I, he's trying to find... A, he's trying to find a way in. Points of contact, right? Points of relation. Yeah. I don't know. I've, you have a less generous reading of this than I do. He wants to convert them. He wants... To, yeah, he wants to teach them about... Yeah, God. So I don't know how much he's really interested in a relational interaction. Hmm. Okay. He could be. Yeah. But I think he also... Paul spends a lot of time making arguments Mm -hmm. about things. Yeah. And he's looking for... He's looking for the, the first building block in his argument. Argument meaning, like, a case. Yeah, making a case for... Yeah. Like, not... He's not necessarily looking... I don't think he's, like, looking to start a fight. Right. You know, um, or that sort of an argument. But he's he's looking for something that Athenians understand um, as a way of introducing... This is the way of introducing the idea of Jesus, yeah, right, or the idea of the Hebrew God, right, right. And isn't I mean, isn't that what you would do to connect with folks? Is find a point of mutual contact or a point of shared interest? Yeah, I suppose. I just like he's a missionary, and I don't have a missionary mindset. Oh, okay. Right? Like that's and not in the same way, right? Um. Like, if I went to Athens, I would, like, oh, this is, like, this is, inter- this is interesting. These statues to different gods and um, all this sort of stuff. And then I would probably stop there. You, right? wouldn't, you wouldn't say, tell me about this statue here no, that I'd says say it's that. to an unknown god? But then I wouldn't say, oh, that unknown god is, <laughs> is this thing. Oh. And let me... Do whatever. That's all. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. 
So we all have our own different gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how relational he's really trying to be. Okay. That's all. <laughs> He's certainly walked around. Mm-hmm. He's certainly learned about the various shrines and other sorts of things. This comes across in a lot of his other writings as well. Right. Where he's um, writing to folks who grew up Gentile and probably worshipped other gods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's familiar with <clears throat> their culture and with their religious leanings. And then within that, he sees a space to say, oh, and also. Right. Here's this. Here's the. This could be a space where I could tell you about the Hebrew God. Yeah. Which is what he wants to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is how the early church grew. Mm hmm. And what does he tell them about this unknown God? It tells them that it's the God that Paul knows, and Mm -hmm. he seeks to teach them about that God. Mm Yeah. You like Paul more than I do. Um, I'm not sure about that. Oh, really? I, I think this is an interesting story. Yeah. Um, and what I see in it is Paul trying to meet people where they're at in their life journey and their faith journey and connect with them mm-hmm. on that level uh, so that they, they know that he cares about them and is interested in them. And yeah, part of his goal is to teach them about the story of Christ and Mm-hmm. Um, what not, but in that I see a, an earnest desire to, to love folks and, uh, and to meet them where they are, wherever they are. And in this case, these, these Athenians um, have an unknown number of gods that uh, they have statues or idols built around their city too, and he's wandering through and observing that. And, and they not only do they have their named gods, but there's even an altar to an unknown God. And Paul says, I can tell you about that unknown God. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I think, uh, I think there's a lot of, a lot to learn from that. Mm -hmm. Now the altar to an unknown God, that would have been like a, like a just in case. I don't know. I don't know enough about ancient Greek culture Mm -hmm. and religion. Um, We should ask Dan. Dan would probably know. Like, what would people have have thought about? Like, we're just leaving space for, you know, in case... Because generally speaking, I think we have a general passing knowledge of the Greek gods. Right. Right. Um, You know... We've got Athenians here. Well, you know, they're in Athens, which is named for Athenia. 
right? Right. <laughs> so we have a general, a working general working knowledge of the Greek gods, and it would have just been like a. Just in case this isn't all the gods, we're gonna leave space for a little bit of mystery. Or I just wonder what people would have thought of that. Yeah. In the original context. That's a that yeah, and I don't again don't have enough knowledge of ancient Greek culture to be able to to explore that, but yeah. And I also wonder like you know, in verse 28, we had a couple of different quotes. We had for, in him we live we live and move and have our being, um, which I think is scriptural, mm-hmm. right? I couldn't tell you where. Psalm, maybe? I don't know. Um, and then another quote, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. And I wonder where that gets pulled from. Yeah. Or if we have any idea where it might get pulled from. Right. Well, I mean, I think there's plenty of scriptural witness to saying that we are God's offspring, we are children of God Mm -hmm. uh, in the Older Testament. Sure. I thought he was saying here that this is a quote from their poets. Well, I I think what he's trying to recognize is there's overlap, right? So, for we too are his offspring, we are children of God, and your poets have also named ourselves children of God. Mm-hmm. And so, here's, here's a point of intersection. You all recognize yourselves as children of God, so do we. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I knew what he was, what poets he was referencing. Yeah. Or if anybody knows what poets he's referencing. Maybe I'll spend some time researching that this week. <laughs> yeah, and we get the you know, the appeal here to they're not named, but Adam and Eve. From one ancestor he made all nations mm-hmm. to inhabit the whole earth. That's um, yeah, a, a creation narrative. Mm-hmm. He's trying to connect again. Right, the the Greek mythology has its own creation narrative, and so there's an attempt to try to connect the two. Oh. What else? Anything else? <laughs> Not at this point. It's early. It's it's early in the week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it all shapes up. All right. Should we switch gears then? Yeah, let's talk about what's happened in life of the church. Okay. Um, we're still on our normal school year worship schedule, so we've got our 8.30 contemplative worship service in the chapel uh, with communion. And we've got our adult or our, our Christian ed hour from 9.15 to 10.15, and then our traditional worship service in the sanctuary at 10.30. We'll be doing that for, let's see, one, two... Two more weeks, uh, the 14th and the 21st, and then uh, we'll shift into a different worship schedule, so stay tuned for that, because the 28th is Pentecost Sunday, 
and we have historically done um, we've done Pentecost in the park, mm-hmm. and we're going to continue that tradition. So we'll have a worship service in Chautauqua Park, and uh, we'll be joined by a couple of other churches, and uh, it'll be bluegrass music that will help lead our worship. And then the following week, uh, we'll have just one worship. But in fact, for the entire month of June, we'll just have one worship service at 1030. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Uh, and so Sunday morning, <clears throat> we talked about Dan Deffenbaugh earlier, but Dan Deffenbaugh just finished up a three-part forum series taking a look at uh, post-resurrection narratives or stories um, and in Dan fashion, he also wove into that a, um, a fairly thoroughgoing review of uh, how we think that the Gospels got put together, um, and in what order, and when, and where, and for whom, and all of those sorts of things. So we just wrapped that up. The last part of that, I sh- hopefully will be able to get posted um, to YouTube this today sometime maybe even this morning yeah and we might even send that out um as a chance for folks to connect with that because uh, it was a really good three-week series on these post-resurrection appearances and also just some understanding of um the order in which the gospels were written and how they draw on each other for uh various themes and sources right. and then also the outside themes and sources that each of the gospel writers drew on and yeah it was it was a really good uh, adult ed forum. Yeah. And speaking of the Apostle Paul, his, 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 in Dan's first class for that, he actually started with the Apostle Paul. He did. Because the accounts of the Apostle Paul and the epistles are actually the earliest writings that we have in the in Newer Testament. the Newer Testament, because, yeah, the Pauline letters actually precede, according to biblical scholars, the writings of the Gospels, even though the events of the Gospels occurred before Paul was writing his letters, they were not actually written down and turned into these canonical books until after Paul had written most of his letters. So Paul's writing in that order informs some of the theology present in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then this coming Sunday is the last forum of the year. And... I'm going to be leading that forum. I don't know what we're doing yet. Oh. But we'll do something. Okay. So, who knows? We'll figure it out. Not a problem. And that'll be our last one for the year. So, um, and you mentioned Pentecost in the park. That's at Chautauqua Park. Um, did you talk about the coffee truck? No. Trailer? But the barista's thing. coffee truck trailer thing. Will uh, will be at the Pentecost in the Park service. So come thirsty. Yeah, I don't know that coffee drinks satiate thirst. Come ready to enjoy a good coffee drink. Is that better said? I wouldn't know. Uh, you don't, I drink, don't coffee. drink coffee, but it is a diuretic, isn't it? It is. So I would think that it probably ultimately would not help your thirst. Yeah, probably not. Just, you know, so. Uh, and then that'll be a, an ecumenical service as well, correct? Including multiple other churches. Okay, good deal. 
Sunday Youth Fellowship is done for the year, so we won't have that this coming Sunday. And this coming Wednesday is the last Wednesday Night Live for the year, and we'll be having a picnic in Libs Park that yes. evening. Evening. Yep. So, starting it starts at the usual time. Uh, it right. starts at five, but just at Libs Park and right. not here at the church. Yep. So. Yeah. Lots still going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nothing slows down. No. <laughs> Not at all. Nothing stops. Nothing is ever really completed. <laughs> it's just... It just keeps going. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Should we close the word of prayer? Let's do it. All right. Gracious and loving God, thank you for your presence here your spirit moving among us and speaking to us. Thank you for your holy word and the way that it also speaks to us and informs and enlivens our faith and poses questions to us and allows us to wrestle with what our faith means and how we go go about living that faith out in the world. Bless and guide our continued study of your scripture and bless and guide our lives so that we can be a source of love and light in this world And through that, that people may come to know your love. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, then with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.